good afternoon or whatever time in the day that you're listening to us. This is Representative Dan Miller, and you are listening to On the Table, um, the number one Democratic podcast, which is very exciting to know. I don't know if you guys know that, but yeah, we're the number one. Uh, but I'm excited to have two guests with me are we today. The only one? Listen, Jess. All right, look. All right, now I only have one guest. No, just kidding. Of course, we have two guests with us today. I'm excited to have my friends uh, with us. Let, let me introduce them. Uh, we have uh, Representative Jessica Benham, who is from the 36, right next door to me here in Allegheny County, and our good friend from out east, Malcolm Kenyatta from Philadelphia, the representative in the 181st. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm doing I, good. I'm excited to be back on the pod. Well, listen, we, we appreciate that. As Jess has been here before, Malcolm for the first time. And uh, we're doing the best we can uh, uh, here with it because we're all over the state. we got a lot of action going on. But I wanted to pause uh, and grab these two together um, because not too long ago, uh, maybe like 10 days ago, I'm not even sure at this point, the House Democratic Caucus um, uh, passed one of its long-term priorities, House Bill 300, uh, which is known as the Pennsylvania Fairness Act, a bill that had long been championed by our uh, our friend, Representative Frankel, uh, but we got it across with uh, Representative Kenyatta, Representative Venom, uh, and Malcolm. Tell us here, House Bill 300, why should people be excited and, and, and what did it mean to you? Yeah, you know what, I just, I just want to pick up right where you left off. You know, Rep. Frankel first introduced the version of this bill 22 years ago. And so this is one of those moments where I think the legislature is doing what we haven't done enough of, at least in the last half decade that I've been there, of actually listening to the priorities, the concerns, and reflecting, frankly, you know, Dan, the values of most Pennsylvanians. I think most Pennsylvanians believe um, that we are a better place when we're fairer, when we treat everybody with dignity and respect. And that's what the Fairness Act literally is all about, making sure that every Pennsylvanian has the same recourse to go to the Human Relations Commission um, if they face discrimination and housing and employment and all the different ways that we that we live our lives. And so, you know, to have a priority that has been so long held actually get over the finish line, at least in our chamber, um, is a big deal. Well, and let's talk about that for a moment there, because you uh, you said the Human Relations Commission, and, and obviously that's been around solving discrimination or dealing with discrimination for a long time. Uh, and this is just a small change that was made, right, Jess? Yeah, I think that's the, the bit that has been so frustrating in the narrative around this, is that some of the people who were opposed to the bill made it seem like we were creating new rights or, or some entirely kind of new piece of legislation. And that the reality of it is, is that people are already protected on the basis of a number of identity categories. And all we were doing was just adding a new identity category. We weren't creating any new rights. We were just ensuring that another group of people was also protected. Well, you know, and but look, it, it's a small change in law, but uh, meaningful. I, I, for those who don't know, I kind of sit right, right up close to the well of the house. And I'm very, uh, so I get kind of a good view of many things. And one of those views was the hug that the two of you exchanged uh, right as it uh, passed the house. Um, Malcolm, how how impactful was that moment? Tell tell me what was going through your uh, going through your mind at that time. You know, I'll say, you know, first, getting to work with Jess is one of the best parts of being in the in the legislature, 
um, you know, getting a code. Really? I'm surprised. Is that true? Okay. It, it's, it's a hundred percent true. And I mean, you, you yeah. know, Rude. your district gets to be right next door to her so <laughs> all the time. Um, we tried to redistrict her over here, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't leave Allegheny County. Um, oh, yeah. but, but, but nevertheless, um, you know, in, in that moment, I'm just thinking through all of the phone calls that we had, all of the conversations with, with colleagues on both sides of the aisle, frankly, um, to get to this moment and, and what it means to be able to lead this work as, you know, two barrier breaking members of the um, General Assembly. You know, when I was elected, I was only the second openly LGBTQ person elected. When Jess came, um, she became the third. Um, and it just, yeah. it's one of those moments where you, are not only recognizing the the impact of the work that we're doing, um, but also being able to really, um, I think, take take stock of of the folks in our caucus who I think, you know, came to Harrisburg to do big things and to be a part of, you know, one big thing that we're going to do. That felt really special. Uh, you know, what I remember, Jess, is before either one of you joined us in the legislature. I had a conversation with Representative Sims, who had also been um, obviously a big proponent. Um, and what was floated a couple of times was a way to divide this bill up. And what was talked about was how, well, you know, you have LGBTQ, but maybe we could shave off a couple letters in the process. And maybe that would be enough where the previous majority would allow the bill to even get a vote. Um, and uh, his uh, point to me was there, there's no division here. Um, you know, that all those letters had to be part of it. Um, how impactful of, of that to you was it to bring that across the line, everything together? So I don't think that we can protect the rights of any one of us without protecting the rights of all of us. I would never want to leave out members of our community, especially because so often mm -hmm. the folks that are suggested to be left behind are those who are most marginalized in our community. We're often talking about trans folks and non-binary folks, and I would I would never want to leave anybody out. And so I, I was really glad that we could get it across the finish line with, with everybody in it. There were certainly yeah. compromises that had to be made. And, you know, as I think about working with Malcolm has, has been really incredible. So I'll, I'll kind of second what he said about our partnership. And there were a lot of, of late nights um, for for a while, I yeah, I would look through my call log, and it was just Malcolm, 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 Malcolm. Yeah, uh, I would a lot of Malcolm. I would talk him <laughs> down. He would talk me down. Like any time that we were feeling a particular way about about stuff, and so that moment on the floor for me, mm -hmm. after sitting there and and just hearing some really horrible things that were said by opponents of the bill, um, it was like this kind of release of, of emotion. It was really cathartic. Yeah. You know, Malcolm, uh, just mentioned some of the, uh, um, you know, some of the comments that were brought up on the floor. You know, you did a good job as well, making sure people stayed focused on what this did, but also what it didn't do. You know, and I thought that was important to put out there as well. Yeah. And you, and you know what, that, um, that strategy um, by opponents to this bill, you know, to me, further clarified that not only were we on the right track, but that we had the real possibility um, to get this done. And I think that that remains true in the, you know, in the Senate. 
the things that the opponents are arguing about are things that have nothing to do with this legislation. And so, you know, you saw it with some of the amendments that they ended up, you know, pulling on the floor. Um, they didn't even run those, those amendments. But the amendments were really, they were trying to insert into the bill things that were not in the bill. And so, right. you know, that makes it a little complex as we continue to talk to people in our, in our districts about this um, and across the Commonwealth more broadly. But I think that it really, you know, reveals something about the opposition. Um, they don't want to debate the merits of this bill because this is where most Pennsylvanians are. They right. have to create false narratives to try to, um, you know, gin up um, fear and anger um, and really, you know, propagate um, promulgate um, misinformation and disinformation about about the legislation and what we're trying to achieve here. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, with it, because the majority of Pennsylvanians, of course, are, don't want discrimination of anybody in their workplaces or in, in, in any of the uh, you know topics that are covered by this bill. Um, and, you know, we used to, Jess, we used to talk a lot here about how important it was as well for people to feel that Pennsylvania was as welcoming a state as possible, that everybody could have a home here in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, I think this bill takes a step into that, right? 100%. You know, I, I think for those of us who live in municipalities or counties that already had these protections, this bill, it doesn't really change anything for us, such it does. Right. It, it's symbolic in in a way where I don't have to worry when I travel from Allegheny County to Harrisburg as I cross through these different municipalities, different counties, whether or not my rights are, are protected in those places. I don't have to think about that. And so no longer is it that we have just sort of spots and, and places in, mm -hmm. in the Commonwealth where we're protected. It's everywhere. And that makes a huge impact. And certainly for folks who didn't have these protections locally at all, the impact is is even greater on a very practical level. Well, and of course, obviously, the, the House has done its job and gotten this bill across. We, we do need the Senate uh, to do the same as well. But we're in a position that, you know, really sort of seven, eight months ago, uh, I, I don't know if any of us were, were, were certain that we would have this chance to have House Bill 300 in such a position. Um, what What's the next step and how's the communication going with the Senate? And anybody have an update for that? Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, Dan, where you're absolutely right. We did not know a couple of months ago that this would even be, be a possibility. We've done our job and now it's on the Senate to, 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 to do their job. Um, I know that I can just basically say that, you know, conversations are, are ongoing, okay. um, mm -hmm. not just, not just with, with, with us, um, to different uh, senators, but also I, I know between, um, you know, outside advocates who are calling, you know, having people call their senators right now to say that they want to see this legislation, you know, move. I think it's important that this and a, a number of other bipartisan um, victories that we've had in the House, that the Senate really follow suit. And I think that that has been something that I've reiterated over and over again. It's not just the Fairness Act, which I think is important for people to recognize. A lot of the legislation we have passed, um, you know, somebody can get the percentage, but a majority of the bills that we've passed have actually had bipartisan 
support. And right. I think the moment where we are as, uh, I don't want to say we're divided, but when we have people who, you know, have pushed, uh, have pushed this division that, that, that we occasionally see, um, I always knew that if, if this vote was brought up on the floor, that we would have the votes to pass it. And I think the same is true in the Senate. And so this is one of yeah. those things where um, Senator Pittman and Senator Ward really just need to run the bill. Yeah. Well, it's uh, now we we uh, we still are a state, of course, that we we never legalized uh, marriage equality here in Pennsylvania. The feds had to do that for us. Um, so under the previous majorities in the House and the Senate, you know, we we have struggled, I would say, to kind of uh, take that positive step forward and making sure that everybody here has the same rights and everybody here has the same opportunity. Uh, for success and feel that welcome to build their future here in Pennsylvania. Uh, but no doubt about it, even with the challenges that lie ahead in the Senate, this is a big accomplishment uh, for both of you, for all of us. Um, you know, and I obviously want to thank you. Jess, one last thing I got to say, though, too, maybe both of you comment on this. I always love uh, one of the things that Jess is so open um, with her issues and and her, um, you know, who she is. And one of the things I love is I, I, I often talk about how Jess is very open about uh, being the first uh, open legislature who uh, legislator who rec who who is on the spectrum has autism, and I always tell her I'm like Jess, I love it because it it kind of makes it so that uh, um, those uh, coming behind you can see what you know you're kind of leading on and be like and see themselves in that type of future. And now we have Abigail Salisbury who also identifies uh, and comes out uh, with her uh, autism spectrum diagnosis, uh, Jess. Uh, do, do you think about uh, those, um, uh, beyond, I'll say, younger than you who are, I know that's not too many, but younger than you who are looking and say, you know what, uh, look what's possible, and they could see themselves in you and Malcolm and everybody uh, who's leading the way. Do, do you think about that and the difference that you're leading, that you're showing in, in your leadership? You know, it's weird because there are actually now two generations younger than I am, and that's that's weird to think about. And and so I, I do think about what this means for, for the folks who come next. I, I'm sure that this is true for Malcolm, too, but I get a lot of messages from young people on social mm -hmm. media who reach out and, and talk about what this means for them. You know, I went on, on TikTok after the Fairness Act passed, and I, I filmed a short video just me talking to camera about what happened and, and what it meant. And, you know, the video went viral. And young people from not just Pennsylvania, but across the country were talking about what it meant to see someone like them, a whole group of people like right. them in the Pennsylvania legislature. You know, now there's now there's six of us who are out. And, you know, my hypothesis, of course, is that there are, are more who are not. Um, and I think that it matters, right? Yeah. As, as each session passes and they're become more folks who talk about what their lived experience is, whether we're talking about disability or being part of the LGBTQ community or, or whatever it is that, that we're discussing, it matters. It lets people feel represented. Right. Well, you know, Malcolm, we need we need Pennsylvania to be everybody in. Everybody needs to have and see their future here. Um, I, um, what do you think there about the um, the sort of path that you and Jess and others uh, are kind of blazing. What do you think it means to those who will come, who will come behind you? 
You know, the, the, the hope is that with the work that we do, a lot of the things that we consider the issues of the day, that we're so successful with addressing these issues that the next generation really has no conception of what the hell we're talking about. I mean, I really want kids to grow up and not even understand or be able to conceive a world where their gender identity or their sexual orientation was a barrier um, to them getting the, the the job that they want or to anything they, that, that they want. Yeah. You know, we really, I think, as House Democrats, are, are, are doing critical work to make Pennsylvania the best place to live raise a family, and then ultimately retire. And that's not possible if whole groups of our community are excluded from the baseline, the baseline of being treated with dignity and respect. And that's, you know, and that's what we are going to get to get done. And I think the more of us that live authentically in a variety of different ways that that looks, that looks a variety of different ways. Um, Dan, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, not growing up with a silver spoon and what that means when you understand what it's like to have to put it together to get the bills paid. All of those different perspectives are necessary in our, in our legislature. And it says to the next generation, not only do you belong, but literally there are no limits to what's possible for you. Well, I love it. And, you know, listen, thank you both um, um, for all your work. And, um, you know, look, I, I know, uh, this is just a start of, of greater things to occur, not even greater, but I'll just say more good things to occur through the rest of this term. Um, and then obviously we have to get things through the Senate that's going to take, you know, further compromise negotiations. I know Governor Shapiro uh, is, is obviously a supporter of House Bill 300. We're going to get things done, uh, but that also has you know, we can't take, we can't forget the great work that is done to get to this point. And that's, that's with you two. Uh, so I want to thank Representative Jessica Benham from the Fighting 36th District. Very, very good. Actually, she's got part of my old district in there. So don't you, Jess? That, I mean, you could give I it do. back. I have, you could give I it back. I have that bit of Brookline. Look, I, I could, you know, um, that's, that's where my ex-husband lives. So if you want it back. <laughs> Listen, he takes your yard signs. I know he does. So you're, he you're does. fine. He does. He um, does. his yard signs in my yard. There you go. And of course, uh, thank you. Representative Mal uh, Malcolm Kenyon, all the way from Philadelphia, uh, from the 181st. Thank you bo both for your leadership, for your work, your passion. Thank you both for sharing a little bit of insight on the House Bill 300. I definitely appreciate it. Look forward to having you both back soon. Well, thanks, Webb. Thanks, thanks for having us.